you are now about to experience the Revive Effect. My name is Matt Celestio, entrepreneur and holistic health specialist. And if you're ready to start your health journey but don't know where to begin, you are in the right place. At Revive, we create better ways of living for our generation by changing the conversation around health. And each episode shows you exactly how to build health into your life. You'll unlock tactics to improve your sleep, nutrition, anxiety, self-talk, and mind. Break free from quick fix culture because it's time you learn to love your body and start to feel like the real you again. Welcome to The Revive Effect. Cancer and heart disease are all in the genes. Milk is good for you. You need meat to get your protein. If meat and dairy are so bad for you, why have I never heard about it before? These are the remarks that I hear on a daily basis. Now, to answer these common questions, I will answer you. He who owns the gold makes all the rules. When we're talking about the one who owns all the gold, we're talking about the animal agriculture industry. And I'm not talking about some off-handed deals made in a sketchy back alley from time to time. To quote a line from the China study, the most comprehensive study of nutrition ever conducted, something along the lines goes like this. The entire system, government, medicine, industry media, and academia promotes profits over health, technology over food, and confusion over clarity. Now, I want you to keep this quote in mind as we explore this next example together. These companies rake in an incomprehensible amount of money, making them richer, more corrupt, more dangerous, greedy, and powerful every single year. But what are we talking about when we say they're more corrupt and powerful? And I'll give you an example. I like to tie in food and health because these two facets of our lives are inextricably linked together. Now, because of what we eat determines our health so much, let's tie in Big Pharma as well, which is the pharmaceutical company alongside big government and big food, which is the animal agriculture industry. Big pharma and big food are so rich and powerful, they are able to influence government policy. The guidance and advice our government then relays to us, the consumers and general population. Through lobbying, quote-unquote donations to government officials or shady backhanded payments, these industries are able to sway the information the government relays to us so it benefits them. Here's one example. Although the link between animal foods consumption and type 2 diabetes is so prevalent, the government continues to use the food pyramid or the five food groups which encourages the consumption of meat and dairy products on a daily basis to promote a healthy lifestyle. Okay, we trust the government, we adopt these eating practices like they said, but now we are at the point where one in five Americans are diagnosed with type 2 diabetes. And when diagnosed, you should know that you now need medication to deal with these diabetes. Not for one month, not for one year, but for the rest of your life. So through these powerful and heavily funded industries, the meat industry is then able to sell you more animal products, and then the pharmaceutical company is then getting guaranteed lifetime customers for their medicine. It's not difficult to see the corruption and misinformation coming to the surface once you understand the mechanisms that turn the gears behind these systems behind the scenes. Now, besides lobbying and influencing government officials and national policy, Another way the animal agriculture industry leaves you in the dark is by funding studies that discredit any research that makes them look poorly. That's why for every study showcasing the nasty effects of a diet high in red meat, there is a study funded by a meat company showcasing the beneficial effects of a diet high in red meat. That's why for every study showcasing the health benefits of a plant-based diet, there's a study funded by the meat company that shows some BS way that a plant-based diet doesn't have all the nutrients you need. 
These industries are clouding the water with corrupt studies so that you don't have a clear answer as to what you should be eating to live a healthy lifestyle. And that is exactly how they want it. And people always say, read opposing data, listen to opinions that go against your belief system in order to really get that full scope of the problem. Yet, I don't know if I can truly trust the data that is opposing plant-based diets anymore. You know, are eggs truly good for you and pose no risk to your chance of heart disease? Or was a study funded by somebody who owned the egg industry or owned a company in the egg industry? Even with no conflicts of interest listed, which is a requirement in peer-reviewed science, I know there's been instances where the lead scientist of a study is actually on the payroll of a company within the animal agriculture industry as a backdoor strategy around this policy. You're supposed to read opposing opinions. I do. I've read books advocating for plant-based and meat-based diets. I've seen the polarizing points that each side is trying to make. A majority of the time, the plant-based books that I read are 400 pages long. They leave about 100 pages for the studies that they've referenced as well. Now, the meat-based books I read, they just reach over 200 pages, and they barely leave any room in the back of their book for their research and their references. The sheer size of evidence in the plant-based books I've read literally towers over the size of the evidence in the meat-based books I've read if I were to stack them on top of each other. But meanwhile, plant-based authors and researchers, they back their opinions on mountains of evidence. Mountains! Meanwhile, people who advocate for meat-intensive diets, their rationale you know, through research, it pales in comparison to the mountains of research on the plant-based side. But that's okay, because to the consumer, these meat-based advocates, they don't need to be right. They just need to create doubt. It's tough to see all the corruption within these animal agriculture industries from a consumer standpoint, because after all, that's, that's exactly how they want it. And we just spoke about that too, so recall that from the previous little bit of this podcast. But the meat, egg, and dairy industries are so big and rich, they are essentially regulating themselves. Like we spoke about as well, they heavily influence government policy to the point where the information in our government that it is giving to us, health and nutrition related, it is directly impacted by the meat, meat, dairy, and egg industries, even at the expense of our health and planet's well-being. Remember, these influence, or remember, these industries influence government through something called lobbying. And basically, lobbying is any attempt by individuals or private interest groups, which aka companies within the meat, egg, and dairy industries, it's any attempt to influence the decisions of the government. And this usually happens when public officials are detained against their will in their offices, hotels, or even private homes. Letters may be written or telephone calls may be made to public officials, and actually campaigns can even be organized for that purpose And they actually provide monetary services and favors for candidates that will better suit their business plan. In an article published in the Physicians Committee organization, they stated, The National Cattlemen's Beef Association, the National Pork Producers Council, the North American Meat Institute, the National Chicken Council, and the International Dairy Foods Association, and one more, the American Farm Bureau Federation and its state groups, okay? These are all meat companies and organizations. They have collectively spent $200 million in lobbying since 2000. And they lobby on issues that are climate-related issues like cap-and-trade, the Clean Air Act, and greenhouse gas regulations. The meat and dairy-related, these associations, they've been traditionally used for lobbying for access to grazing lands, 
to uh, get over manure management regulations and even influence government regulation so that they can block climate policy so they won't have to limit their production. They are essentially, in plain English, they are trying to dance around all these policies that are benefiting our planet, that are benefiting the health of our society so that they can just produce more, regardless of the outcome. Now, you should also pay attention to one book that shook up the nutritional science industry as well as posed a major threat to the meat, egg, and dairy industries as a whole. And this book is called The China Study. The author Colin Campbell, he is an American biochemist who specializes in the effect of nutrition on long-term health. Now, why should you care about my man Colin? Why Why should you care about what he has to say? I get it. You don't know who he is, but I want you to think about it like this. He is the Drake of the nutrition scene. If I was at a party and I saw Colin Campbell and Drake together at the bar, I would go up to them and ask Drake to take a picture of me with Colin. His research is incredible. Now, Colin doesn't have more slaps than the Beatles, but in his book, The China Study, he speaks out about the times that he's sat high up on advisory boards and government-funded panels around creating the policy and really publicizing reports for our nutrition information. Since he sat on these panels and the groups, he was high up, which really allowed him to see the true colors and the collusion between the animal agriculture industry and the government. And the bit of information that we're about to speak about is coming right out of the pages of his book. At one point, Colin was invited to sit on a panel to put together a report that showcased the link between diet, nutrition, and cancer. Now, during this time, a group called the Public Nutrition Information Committee was formed, okay, the PNIC. And the name of this group is rather self-explanatory. They got to relay information of public or of information to the public. Now, as two leaders, they had strong connection to these animal industries. And one of the leaders was actually a handsomely paid consultant to the egg industry. And the other leader acknowledges that 10% of his income came from offering services to the food companies, including large dairy corporations. Colin also goes on to state that of the 18 members on that committee, He was the only one that did not have ties to the commercial world of food and drug companies and their coalitions. Many enjoyed handsome benefits, including first-class travel, cushiony consulting fees, all paid by animal companies. Now, this committee, or this committee, composed of essentially the most pro-animal industry scientists, are telling the general population what to eat for good health. This is like creating a panel of scientists who are paid by cigarette companies to tell us which cigarettes are the best one to smoke. Now, Colin later goes on to state in his book, In the world of science as a scientist studying the effect of nutrition on health, they are not free to pursue their research wherever it leads. Coming to the quote-unquote wrong conclusions, that is, showing the link between animal foods consumption and related diseases, obesity, and mortality, even through first-rate science, it can damage your career. It's not uncommon for the animal industry to influence that scientist's personal career and research to the public in a way that either buries it so we cannot find it, discredits it through industry-funded studies that oppose it, creating more doubt, more confusion, and more inf- misinformation. Or lastly, it, they will label the scientist as a quack or a, a crazy person, and it degrades the weight of the research that was discovered, even if it's top-rate, even if it's first-rate science. Now, here's the point I want you to take away from everything that we spoke about, the corruption and the influence behind these industries on your health. The food industry is built around marketing. This industry is an identical mirror to what tobacco companies did in the past. Like cigarettes, food has an addictive property. Like sugar, 
hyperpalatable processed foods, aka chips. It's funny how you can't ever have just one, right? Think about fast food restaurants, even cheese. Everybody says, I could never go vegan, I can't give up cheese. And there's a reason. Cheese has morphine-like compounds called casomorphins that attach to the brain's opiate receptors, making food even harder to resist with its high levels of fat and salt already in there on their own. In a report from Thrillist, they stated, In cheese, we get massive concentrations of fat and salt, which our highly evolved brains continue to love. Combine this with the opioid-like casomorphins that is in cheese, and suddenly this food goes from very delicious to extremely irresistible. I think we can agree. Just like cigarette addictions, we can adopt food addictions. Now for years, for years, tobacco and alcohol industries would market towards kids to essentially capture new lifetime customers from an early age. But since then, we smartened up. We said, okay, we got to stop letting tobacco and alcohol industries market to kids, especially towards kids because there's a direct link to chronic disease and negative health outcomes of these products. Yet the food industry is doing the same thing. And there are no laws around marketing these animal foods associated with chronic diseases, bacon is actually named a class 1 carcinogen, like cigarettes. Beef has been classified a group 2 A carcinogen, meaning it probably causes cancer. Yet we allow the infamous Happy Meal to penetrate our children's lives and health. Bacon and eggs are depicted as the classic high-protein, healthy breakfast. Cow's milk consumption has even research showing its links to autoimmune diseases, one of the causes of type 1 diabetes, multiple sclerosis and vitamin D deficiency, plus osteoporosis and prostate cancer. Yet, knowing all these links between milk and these diseases, we allow school milk systems to run rampant through our educational system, and the industry actually teaches kids about the health benefits of milk. People, we grew up in that generation of school milk programs. We are a product of these very influential tactics from these very powerful animal industries. I remember once having a conversation with my friend who swears he never wants to drink milk again because he's, dis- he's seen the disgusting process that goes on within the dairy industry to obtain the milk. If you ever watch it, you will never have milk again. I invite you to check that out. It is repulsive. But anyways, besides the point, he knows all this. And he me- I remember him telling me, I know this stuff, Matt, but there's just this, this part of me that can't break from it. I think I need milk. It's so deeply ingrained into such developing, trusting, and innocent minds, and we're creating lifetime consumers of products that are putting our generation in the midst of a health epidemic. To quote my man Colin Campbell one more time to wrap up this section, the author of that China study, only someone familiar with the inside of the system can distinguish between sincere positions based in science and insincere self-serving positions. I was inside for many years working at the very top levels, and I saw enough to be able to say that science is not always the honest search for the truth and that so many people believe it to be. It far too often involved money, power, ego, and protection of personal interests above the common good. 